Hello, everyone. I'm Barbara Ham Lee. Close your eyes and just imagine. It's Saturday night and you've just arrived at a small, intimate place with hardwood floors and photos on the walls, music blaring out of the jukebox, folks dressed up or dressed down, the smell of fried chicken wafting in the air, folks dancing, smiling, for once without a care. Welcome to Giddens Do Drop In. It's one of the few places African Americans could go on the Eastern Shore to have fun, eat well, and hang out. We're here on the Eastern Shore with a live studio audience. It's an Another View history lesson on the Do Drop Ins. Wow. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Another View. We are live here at the Barrier Island Center in Machapungo, Virginia, on the Eastern Shore. And I'm telling you, I wish the radio audience out there, if you could see this live studio audience, they are just fantastic. Give yourselves a round of applause. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here today. So we've taken a road trip and we're sharing memories today about Giddens Do Drop In. The Do Drop In recently celebrated 50 years as one of the oldest continuously owned and operated black businesses on the Eastern Shore. It's a true treasure where African-Americans could come socialize, eat a good meal, and listen to great music. Here to tell us about the Do Drop In is Jane Cabarrus, the daughter of the founder of the Do Drop In, Lloyd Giddens. Hello, you call you Hi. Mama Jane, don't Mama they? Jane. Hello, yes. Mama Jane. How are Hi. you? Joan Wilson, whose family supplied the jukebox. Very important. Yes, very important. <laughs> How are you, Got Joan? Got all feeling good. Absolutely. <laughs> and Black Elvis joins us, performer who has his own corner at the Do Drop In. Just a whole lot of shaking going on. Just baby. a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all so much for being here with us. And Mama Jane, I want to start with you because you're the youngest of seven. And this business has been in your family since your dad built this place place in 1967. Yes. Is that right? Mm -hmm. How did you wind up being the one to continue it? Well, I was that little outgoing girl that wanted to be under daddy's wing. So I would go over with him, sit behind the bar where he told me to stay. I learned how to shoot pool and I learned how to treat people because one of his things was, I don't care who come in this door. He had greasy hands, dirty clothes, dressed up in a suit. You treat them all the same. Absolutely. So I was daddy's little boot. I never understood why they called me that. Maybe because I was so skinny, I could fit into a boot. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your father and why was it important for him to build? I mean, he built this building himself. Oh, yes. And, and why was that important to him? What was it about the dew drop in that he wanted to provide for the community? Well, Daddy was a carpenter by trade with a sixth grade education. He always worked in the factories, and he had this idea that he wanted to be his own business owners. So his first attempt, he built a building, and during that time, it was in the 60s. He couldn't borrow $2,000 from the bank, so it deteriorated. Okay, Daddy didn't give up then. He made another attempt. And one of his white friends had a big old house. Daddy tore that building down, took the nails out very carefully, and he built his own building, the Do Drop In. 
Wow. And it is still standing today. And it's still standing. And you're still using it today. And we're still using it. That is fantastic. Joan, I want to bring you in this conversation because your family provided the jukebox. Now, we had to have the jukebox because you had to have the music. <laughs> had to have the music. Yeah, my dad was Herman Edmonds. Dad had the music. He had the jukeboxes and pinball machines and pool tables as well. And my father felt that the black people on the shore, they worked hard. They labored in the fields. They didn't have a lot to look up to or to do in their times off from their labors. So he felt like that he wanted to be able to supply the music so that the black people will have some enjoyment, somewhere to go and something to do and good music to listen to. So dad would order these this billboard. And so therefore he was on top of his game and his music. And my father had jukeboxes from, from the Merlin line all the way to the bridge tunnel here on the on the eastern shore mm. and so at Giddens do drop in my father and Mr. Giddens they would talk and sit back and talk about the business and the things that they wanted to see done on the shore and the ways of making the business grow and what new products that they could bring in to their business and it was all about the people if someone walked into do drop in and they wanted a certain particular type of music or record my my father would make sure that that was on that jukebox before wow. he got out of there. And if he didn't have it, baby, what did you say that that what name that was and who that's by? <laughs> Next time I come, you're gonna have it. Now, was it all kinds of music? Was it just R&B? What what was what was on there? Blues, everything. R&B, um, gospel, blues. Mm -hmm. You know, and there were some music that we would dance to that we didn't realize that we were dancing to gospel until much <laughs> later on in, in the years to come. But so therefore, the black people were praising the Lord and they didn't even know that they were praising the Lord. <laughs> and I can I can remember on, on the jukebox, there was Merry Christmas by the Temptations. Oh, yeah. People With Melvin. loved it. Yeah. It stayed on there year round. <laughs> even in the month of August, people will dance to that. And it, it just had a certain serenity about it. And it just... Uh, Made the people feel good. Wow. Mama Jane, tell me, what kind of memories do you have of the folks that would come in? You could listen to their problems, number one. You had to be a good listener. You had to have patience because someone would come and take up all the time. So therefore, you had to be smooth enough to make that person feel welcome without letting the other person know that I'm moving on down the line. So <laughs> I have to tell this because on a weekend, I only got nine hours of sleep my sisters and I, we would go to do drop-in, close up at 2 o'clock, get in the bed at 3 o'clock, get up 6 o'clock, and get ready to go to the hospital where we worked. It was Northampton Accomack Hospital mm. then. And we also did private duty, so we worked three jobs. So you were working <laughs> full-time plus working at the do drop-in <laughs> at that time. Wow. Yes. That, that was a lot. Yes. It, it was a lot, but I learned a lot. That's why the Dewdrop is still standing because my mama, she would work in the fields, come home, 
wash up and peel potatoes. She would make hamburgers, not the patties like you do now. She would pick them chillings and expect us to help her, and we didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so it was just this family thing. Nobody got paid, of course. That's why we had to have the jobs. And, <laughs> and um, it was a, uh, a real good flow. Now, I know that there was the jukebox and, and people danced to that music, yes. but there was also live music. Was there not Black Elvis? I understand you performed there. Yes. What got me interested in playing there, I learned a while back before I even started playing that Arthur Big Boy Crudup played there, which wrote the, uh, that song, That's All Right, Mama, which was Elvis Presley's first hit. And uh, As a matter of fact, before you do go any further, okay. I think we have that song, don't we? Can we play a little bit of it? Well, now that's all right, no mama. That's all right for you. That was Arthur Big Boy Crudup singing, yes. singing that song he right there. there also. And he played there also. Oh, yes. Drop in also. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. So uh, I didn't know who he was during the time, and I got become friends with his uh, sons back in the day. Of course, we was dating two cousins at the time. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wasn't doing the Black Elvis thing then. So mm -hmm. I said, man, I like what them guys are doing. His sons were playing music. And I said, I like to play, I like to play some music. And I was dating this girl that I didn't know she loved Elvis Presley music. And uh, I used to, I mean, everybody got a little bit of Elvis Presley. That's why you became black That's why I became black <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. You know what? The power yes. of a woman. What yes. can I tell you? Yes. <laughs> she said, sing that song, Love Me Tender. And I'm like, man, okay. And she said, I think you should invitate Elvis Presley. And I took a second look at her and I said, hmm. <laughs> A black man doing Elvis Presley, nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> the more I thought about it, I said, I should give it a shot. What I got to lose? rest of it is history. The rest of it is history. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Good for you. And as a matter of fact, we are blessed because Black Elvis brought his guitar with yes. him. Can we hear a little, right. little something, something? And I would like <laughs> to say this. When I found out that Arthur Big Boy Cruder had played at Do Drop In, and I became friends with Jane Cabarrus, I said, look... You know, I was just in that movie, Honeymoon in Vegas. How about putting a blank in his corner? She looked, okay, go ahead. Do you want to put it there? And that's how you got that's, your corner. That's how I got the corner. <laughs> and, go ahead, do us a little song. Baby's world, make it go away. 